the culture that's being built in Colorado is one that's unique but controversial. I'm going to talk about why people don't understand it and are criticizing Deion Sanders' culture and what the Colorado Buffaloes are doing ahead of the 2023 season on today's episode of Locked on Buffs. You are Locked on Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? This is Locked on Bus with a brand new studio behind us. Um, a brand new studio, excuse me, not behind us, just in general. Um, we're working with new new space, and so liking what we see. Um, today's episode of Locked on Bus is brought to you by LinkedIn. Um, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn's jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, we're talking about a few different things today. Um, I never really got to it last week. I was in the South Dakota, so my episodes were pre-recorded, so I didn't get a chance to kind of dive into the controversy that was surrounding um, the culture in Colorado. Obviously, it's a it's a new culture that people don't quite understand, and it's a new culture that people are criticizing. Um, I'm going to start off with what has kind of caused the criticism um, for the most part, and then I'll dive into another thing. So let me share my screen for context, if because obviously it's a video, but you don't really need to see it. Um, it's just Coach Prime. Um, discussing with his players what he likes and what he didn't like about um, what they did at a practice. So during this practice, there was a fight that broke out, and he wasn't mad about the fight, actually. He was mad about his players not getting involved in the fight and left some of their teammates hanging. So this is what he had to say. He just spoke. I seen two of y'all walking off over there, and you got a key teammate fight. What do they do there? Nowhere. Nowhere. Not what do they do then? Not Nowhere. here. In one fight, we all fight. You understand that? No, no. I don't want to see y'all walking off with somebody's fight. Yes, sir. Never again. Oh, Just walk off. Right. I was in there. Right there. So if you guys didn't hear it, if one fight, we all fight. Um, What does this kind of tell us about Colorado and Coach Prime? Well, for starters, um, it shows that he does, in fact, have a culture because, and I'm going to bring this up as well. Um, he was getting ripped the other day by um, a writer over at Mike Farrell Sports. It was not Mike Farrell. Um, made that mistake myself uh, just because I I looked at the article, saw it, and I was like, oh, it's Mike Farrell. Um, it was someone who writes on his behalf, or not on his behalf, but writes for him. Um, so let's see. Culture. Oh, th- because they said that he's going to fail miserably. Um and so this is what his quote was on, um, I guess, what's going on in Colorado. He said, th- and he misquoted Coach Prime here because he says that he includes a quote that says, I don't care about culture. I don't even care if they like each other. I want to win. I have been on some teams where the quarterback didn't like the receiver, but they darn sure made harmony when the ball was snapped. And we're not like that. Trust me, these kids are very fond of one another. So they're very fond of one another. So I think he was just alluding to the fact that they're not there to make friends. They're there to win games. And I think every coach in the country would say, yeah, we want our players to like each other, but we want to win games. Um, and this guy from Mike Farrell, um, Scott Solomon, or Salomon, I don't know how to say his name, but he says, this is not a championship pedigree team that Sanders inherited in Boulder. Uh, Colorado went 1-11 last season, and slime time is what he called him, flipped the roster after the, the spring game. He then said, the Sanders 
family will soon learn they're not getting ready to play against games against Bethune Cookman, Florida A and M, or Arkansas Arkansas Pine Bluff. Excuse me. And he says after opening the season at TCU, the bus will come home to face a rejuvenated Nebraska squad. And then they play a host to in-state rival Colorado State. They travel to Eugene to face Oregon before coming home to get destroyed by Caleb Williams in the University of Southern California. Um, and this article was basically written about the lack of culture and Coach Prime technically saying he didn't care about culture, but obviously people aren't reading in between the lines here. Um, I think Coach Prime's culture is a, is a winning culture. Um, that's what he's trying to build. Colorado had a losing culture. They had a horrible culture last season. We saw guys making TikToks after social – our, we saw guys making, making TikToks after losses on social media. Um, we saw, or he told us, this guy right here told us when he took the job and he met people, met the team, that everything was kind of weird. He would go in to meet the, the, the position groups who he had just kind of talked about what he planned to do, and they were bumping music, they were on their phones, feet up on the table. And so he had to rebuild this culture. And I think the culture is kind of, one that is interesting, uh, I think Colorado has kind of established themselves as, and stay with me here, I'm not saying they're a blue blood program, but they have blue bloods like hype, if you will. Like people are wanting to discredit them. People are wanting to talk about them regardless of what is actually happening. And so honestly, it's uh, really interesting to see all the attention they get. I had people responding or sending me tweets um, because they knew I covered Colorado um, it was like random people and they're like, why is Colorado have social media handles on their Jersey? Like, why are they, why is coach prime prom- promoting fighting? And it's not that he wants his team to get into a fight because realistically, um, say they're playing TCU and things gets, things get chippy on the sidelines. The last thing that coach prime wants is his team to clear the benches and go start an all out brawl and get a bunch of guys suspended and stuff like that. That's not what he wants. He wants players backing up their teammates and he wants guys standing up for one another. Um, uh, if you didn't see the fight, which I cut the fight out of the video just because it was a minute long and I didn't want to play the whole video. Um, there was basically a play where there was a little extracurriculars. Guys were pushing, guys were shoving, then they all bunched up together and not everybody ran in there to help support their teammate. Um, so what does that mean? Well, for one, it means that Coach Prime wants these guys to be a family. He wants them to be like, if that ever happens to you, you want everybody else backing you up, right? And so they'd probably be like, yeah, so do that for them. And I think that's, that's what it more means when he says if one fights, we're all fighting. Like it's not like, you know what? I want you guys to go out there every single week, punch someone in the face. Like the Colorado, they want to be a disciplined team. If you're an indis- undisciplined team, you're gonna lose football games. But you also want to have your, your teammates' backs. And so I think that's a good lesson to learn. Um, I think it's a good culture builder thing, like cultural building aspect. Um, I think a lot of people kind of ran with it that Coach Prime uh, wants his team to fight, and no coach wants their team to get into fights every week. I'm sure if you asked him, hey, Coach Prime, uh, thoughts on your team getting into fights every single week uh, just because? I think he'd probably say that they're undisciplined and he doesn't want that. But I will say, and I think he would say this as well, if, say, for example, a TCU, like one of the players, because this always happens, if a Colorado player maybe ends up on the TCU sideline and they start going at it, um, the whole unit on the field should be out there supporting their guy, helping him out. Um, so I think that's kind of been the, a misconstrued narrative that he doesn't really care about. Um, he doesn't care about culture. He's just building his culture. Um, I think like he's done with everything else, uh, he's rebuilding the logo. He's rebuilding the brand. He's rebuilding the energy around the team. He's re- He's rebuilding the team. So there's a lot to go over. There's a lot to change. And so I think people are kind of, Obviously, like I said earlier, they're being treated like they have blue blood uh, hype. 
if you will. Um, people want to see them fail. People want to talk about them. Um, and that's not going to change anytime soon. Um, it's just the state of college football we're in and coach prime is an exciting character. So why would you not talk about him? Okay. Before we move on and talk about Xavier Weaver, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire could feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be hundred percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's what you, that's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. I've already told you guys hundreds of times. That's how I got my first job at the PAC 12 networks. Um, I found the job posting, um, reached out to the hiring manager. We were able to connect. We were able to talk about what the role entailed. And then I ended up interviewing and getting the job. Um, so if you want to find a perfect candidate like I thought I was, add your job at the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. Spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Um, it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in, develop, in delivering quality hiring versus leading competitors. Um, LinkedIn jobs. It helps you find candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdown college. That's linkedin.com slash lockdown college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. So obviously you guys wanted to talk about the, the scrimmage a little bit. Um, and I want to talk about it too. We, you guys have likely all, or most of you have seen the tape. Um, Colorado has scrimmaged a couple times over the past couple weeks, and we're seeing uh, guys stand out. But there's one guy in particular, and obviously I've kind of already alluded to him, um, that's kind of standing out amongst the bunch. Um, he's been talked about multiple times. Uh, he's been he's a guy that I projected probably about a month ago that'd be a breakout star. Um, it, it's it's Xavier Weaver, the USF transfer. Um, realistically, I think, and as they should be, I'm not trying to to take away any of the success that Jimmy Horn or Javon Antonio or even Travis Hunter have had. But Xavier Weaver is the most proven receiver on this roster. Um, he left USF as one of their most accomplished receivers of all time. Um, I think he ranked six in like receptions or receiving yards or something. And he was just, he was that guy. He was the number one target. Um, he was the guy that they looked to um, down the field. He was a, a deep ball threat, a jump ball threat and kind of could do it all. He could, um, he's great after the catch. Um, and obviously we didn't get to see him in spring ball. So that gave time for Jimmy Horn to kind of cement himself as one of the guys, but Xavier Weaver, um, had two touchdowns in the most recent scrimmage, um, both on great catches. And I think realistically he's kind of, I don't want to say the lead receiver. I don't know who the lead receiver. I would say Travis Hunter, um, probably has the best, are the most potential um, just because he hasn't really played a full season of college football yet. Um, but I would say Xavier Weaver is, I would say he's the leader of the room. I would say he's kind of the, the guy that I would expect to lead by example, um, lead with production. And realistically, it just gives more, Shador Sanders more weapons. Um, I think should, I think, excuse me. I think Xavier Weaver is the real deal. Um, I really do. I think everything he does is going to really help this team. I think the offense is kind of – we're going to see how good the the offensive line can block. Um, realistically, that's kind of been an issue for them. Um, but I think if Xavier Weaver is having a great year, then everybody else is going to have a great year. Um, it's just going to be a, a, a one-hole hoopla of um, great years. And so um, I think the, the most important thing is – that he stays healthy. Um, I think the most important thing is that the offensive line kind of, um, I won't say 
I don't want to say it, it, it makes sure Shadur stays healthy as well, but the offense line needs to stay stable. So that way he can do what he needs to do because otherwise it's going to be tough. Um, it's going to be a tough, tough matchup. And realistically, um, it's going to be a tough matchup for Colorado is what I'm saying. If, if Shadur can't stay on his feet because the offense line can't block for him, then things could get tough. Um, Xavier Weaver though, uh, realistically, I expect him to lead the team in receiving, um, I just trust him. He has, he's sure-handed. He could go up and get a jump ball. He could he could he could make things happen after the play. Um, I think it's just there's a lot of things working in his favor, um, and I would like to see um, his I guess kind of production um, throughout the year and how how they use each of the different receivers because obviously they all bring something different to the table. Um, I think he's probably the most well-rounded. Travis Hunter is kind of the best athlete. Um, best ball skills. I think Xavier Weaver is probably the most well-rounded receiver in terms of route running, um, jump ball ability and his ability to get, get, get the, the deep ball. You want to come down with it. Javon Antonio's a jump ball guy. Um, Jimmy Horn, great route runner as well. Super fast guy. Um, so I'm going to see, it's interesting to see how they're going to be blended all together. I think those are the top four receivers based off the scrimmage reports. Um, and based off what I've been told. Um, so excited to see that, but realistically, and I'll talk, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I think Xavier Weaver is going to be a breakout star. Um, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people because one, when we talked about spring ball and even early fall camp, it was all about um, Jimmy Horn Jr., which as it should have been, he was the star. There's a reason he was the first player to earn his number. Um, There's a reason we were talking about Travis Hunter. Um, I don't know what his role is going to be. Um, I think we've kind of seen, um, I don't know. This is the weird part about Colorado's, I guess, fall camp. Shadur Sanders has been absolutely shredding the defense. Um, the, the defense has made plays. Don't get me wrong. They've got, they've gotten to him and sacked him and they've made plays in the backfield, but the, the offense is definitely, I would say based off what I've been told has won most of the has been winning or have, has had more success, I guess. Um, realistically, what does that mean for the defense? I don't know. So I don't know if they want to preserve Travis Hunter a little bit, but we'll find out. Um, but Xavier Weaver is just everything that they need in receiver. I think if you brought in a receiver room that was just Xavier Weaver, Jimmy Horn, and say Javon Antonio, I would I would expect that receiver room to do well. So having Travis Hunter and Xavier Weaver and Jimmy Horn and Javon Antonio and all these other guys, um, they have a lot of weapons at their disposal. It'll be fascinating to see how Sean Lewis uses them, how he cooks them up, because as I've said before, um, Sean Lewis's offense usually focuses on three to four receivers that get a bulk of the touches. So you kind of want to be those top few guys. Um, who the top guy is, I don't know. I guess we'll find out who Shadur likes throwing to the most. Um, if I had to base it off the spring game, it was Travis Hunter, but Xavier wasn't there. Um, based off the reports and the great catches he's making, um, it could be Xavier Weaver at the top guy. So we'll find out. Um, but yeah, I wanted to tell you guys, Xavier Weaver's tearing it up in fall camp. Um, going to have, I have an intern who's going to be working for me. And so he's going to be out there um, hopefully every week getting some footage for us. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he pulls in. So yeah, Xavier Weaver. He's going to star this season. Look, look for him to help Colorado win every game they talk, win every game they do. And if he struggles, I'm sure they will struggle as well. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Colorado's win total. Um, I think it's it's fair. It's that time of the year to talk about it again. Um, we've had the whole offseason to discuss, and now the season's right around the corner. Um, so we'll discuss that when we get back. Welcome back. We are talking about Colorado's win total. Um, I think it's still at three and a half. Um, and people have been asking over under if I was a betting man, like, I don't know all that. Um, let me see. Let me go through the Colorado schedule again. I've, I predicted that they'd go 
six and six, which I still feel strongly about. So I think you guys would know which one I'm going to take. But I'm going to put this up on here, um, which is brought to you by our sponsors over at FanDuel. Um, if you guys can't see it, if you're a listener, um, it is Colorado's win total presented by FanDuel. Um, the over is at three and a half at plus 126. The under is at um, three and a half at minus 154. So obviously they're more likely, according to FanDuel, to finish under three and a half wins. Um, I guess we'll have to find out. Um, but I just wanted to run through it and talk about it again because we talked about it in spring, um, which I think when I first started the podcast, I think I said they were around four or five wins was kind of my estimation. But now I'm up to six, six or seven. Um, I think seven would be the ceiling for them. Um, I think realistically, um, I think six is where I feel comfortable, where I'm like, yeah, I could see them winning six games. And let me talk. Let me go through their schedule again, because uh, I know we know more about other teams. We're going to be talking about the TCU game this week. I'm going to have uh, someone who covers TCU join the show like I did last week with the Nebraska and Oregon and Colorado, or Oregon and Utah as well. At TCU, first game could be a tough one. I think it's winnable. Um, I don't think TCU is 20 point. I don't think they're 20 points better than Colorado. We'll say, say they lose that one. Nebraska, I think they could beat them. I don't trust Jeff Sims until I see him not have turnover issues. Um, he has, he's been better. He's been improved according to um, reports around Nebraska about turning the ball over. But until I see it in the game, I won't. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying to what they're selling. Um, so I think that's a win. I think the game against Colorado State, that's a win. Um, at Oregon, tough place to win. Um, probably a loss. So they're two and two. I think USC comes to town. USC is who I view as the best team in the Pac-12. I think that's a loss. So they're two and three now. Um, but they get to go to Arizona State. Arizona State's a brand new team as well. They have a lot of new players. Um, their quarterback situation is kind of murky right now because uh, Drew Pine went down, so they could be starting true freshman Jaden Rashada. I think they beat them. I think they beat Stanford, so back-to-back wins are four and three. Um, I think they could beat UCLA. That's five. Um, Oregon State, tough game. Um, that's five and four right there. I think they lose to Oregon State. Oregon State's my um, – I have USC and Oregon State making it to the Pac-12 title game. We'll see how that prediction uh, fares as the season comes on. Um, senior day first Arizona. I think that's a win. So if I was a betting man, which I'm not, cause you guys know I reside in California. Um, I think Colorado is going to hit this over three and a half. Um, and if you're not familiar with betting three and a half just means they need four wins. So, uh, I projected six, they only need four to hit the over. Um, you guys comment below what you think over under, um, realistically, uh, well, f- they could be at four wins by, let me see. When did I? One, two, even if they beat Nebraska, or TCU, they could be at four wins by the first week in October um, if they beat Arizona State, if everything goes right. So this bet is one that I think you should hit the over on. Um, I think, let me go with reasons they hit the over. Um, Shadur Sanders thrives right away. The offensive line protects him, and the defense is able to kind of, they're not going to shut down any of these passing attacks. These passing attacks are the best in the country. Um, no, no, uh, no defense is shutting down these passing attacks, but they can limit them. And I think that'd be a reason why reasons they don't hit the over. Um, God forbid. I say this every time injuries. Um, if the team gets injured at certain positions, they don't have a lot of depth. Uh, the trenches, if their trenches don't live up to what they need to be, they're going to struggle. Um, turnovers. Uh, this is a minor one, but if they turn the ball over a lot on offense, I think it'll give other teams a lot of chances to obviously you turn the ball over a lot. You're not going to win games. And then, the Pac-12 is just tough. Maybe they just maybe they're just not ready or where they need to be at this time. So that's why those are the reasons I think they could go over or maybe they could go under. Um, you comment below what you think the biggest reason they could go over or under is, and I will 
give you guys feedback as I do every time on most of your comments. So I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Buster first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. You guys have a great Monday and a great start to your week. You are.